the Sama Sambuddha, the perfectly self-awakened Buddha, made Barami spiritual perfections for twenty asankayas, incalculables, and a hundred thousand kalpas, aeons. For sixteen asankayas, the Buddha aspired to be a bodhisattva. When he received a prediction of Buddhahood, he had to build Barami for another four asankayas and a hundred thousand kalpas. So what is the meaning of the term bodhisattva? Bodhisattva translates as the mind that stays involved for the purpose of building Barami in order to help and free sentient beings from Wata Sangsara, the endless cycle of birth and death. Wata Sangsara encompasses all sentient beings, human beings, animals, devas or heavenly beings, and brahmas or gods. The Buddha had to be born in past lives, and he was born as a human, born as a naga, born as an elephant, born as a bird. He was even born as a cow. He was also born as a king monkey. But in each life that he was born into, he was supreme and built his barami as well. When he was a king elephant, he built barami. When he was born as a white king monkey, he built barami. Being born as a bird, he built barami, the perfection of truthfulness. He was born as a naga king, and he built barami, the perfection of morality. In each life, he wasn't ordinary. He was willing to sacrifice his life for other sentient beings. So a person who builds the ten baramis and dedicates themselves to help alleviate the suffering and troubles of all other sentient beings is called a bodhisattva. If their barami is high, then they are called a parama bodhisattva, a supreme bodhisattva. So our Sama Sambuddha was a Parama Bodhisattva. So if we have children and grandchildren, we will have a sense of self, that it is our children, our grandchildren, and we have love and can sacrifice everything for our children. The mother and father can even give their life to support their children's lives. Here, parents have this virtue towards their child, like being an arahant to their child. Each of the Parama Bodhisattvas see all sentient beings as their own children and will help free them from suffering. And the Parama Bodhisattvas can be separated into the type that has a lot of wisdom and attains quickly. Their building of Barami is less than the other types of Parama Bodhisattvas. Like our Buddha was a Panyatika, he attained quickly, in just twenty asankayas and a hundred thousand kalpas. For other types of Parama Bodhisattvas, they have to be supported by faith more than wisdom, and they are called Sadadika Buddhas, and they need to add twice as much to the amount they build Barami. And the Parama Bodhisattva, that is Viriya Barami, must build Barami much more than this another two times. So we can see that the Sama Sambuddha that comes to be born, enlightened and teach the Dhamma is not easy. Like our Buddha, who was a Panyadika and built Barami for twenty Asankayas and a hundred thousand Kalpas. If the Buddha is a Sadadika, then it is more, 
forty asankayas and a hundred thousand kalpas. If the Buddha is a viriyatika, then it is eighty asankayas and a hundred thousand kalpas. Each of these kalpas we wouldn't count in the number of years because it's so incredibly long. The span of time is compared to there being a mountain or rock that we say is one kilometer wide, one kilometer high, and one kilometer long. It is said that a hundred heavenly years, of which a hundred years of a human is like one day of a dewa, so we multiply that. So a hundred heavenly years is how many years of a human? And when that time passes, we take a very thin and fine piece of white cloth and wipe it once on the face of the rock. So we do this until that rock diminishes and disappears, and this is equivalent to one kalpa. Think how much this is, and an asankaya is much, much greater than that. So we are considered to have merit and barami, to have been born and to have met with the teachings of the Sama Sambuddha. Here I want to talk about how the Buddha had the wisdom to be victorious over the galases, the mental defilements. And what is important is this great virtue of purity. When the Buddha had attained enlightenment, he had gained the wisdom to attain this, and he had a mind of purity arise. Then the Buddha enjoyed Vimuti Sukha, the bliss of liberation, in seven places, at each of these places for seven days. This word, Vimuti Sukha, Vimuti means liberation, and so it is the happiness that arises from liberation. There was no suffering at all in the Buddha's heart, and the Buddha hadn't yet taught a sermon. What was the happiness he had like? It was the highest happiness. Like for us humans, we can go find happiness in the sense objects that give us satisfaction. We have heard melodious sounds get food that has excellent taste, get pleasant sensations, smell nice aromas, all these that please our hearts. The physical contact that is pleasant in terms of the coolness, warmth, softness and hardness, and then we have happiness. Or the moods of the heart that are good, then we have happiness arise. This is going according to our wishes. We don't want to have suffering, we want to have happiness, but just having this wish doesn't mean that we will get it. So we can see that each mind wants to have happiness and doesn't want to have suffering. For Dewa, deity, they have a higher happiness because they are supported by the results of merit that they have done. The merit they have done from dana, giving, from sila, morality, they receive it as happiness arising. It is a mental state that is divine. Like as a human, we want to eat something someone gives us which has an excellent taste. This is a food that is divine as well. It comes from a person's heart that is divine. Like lay people who have given merit and alms today, it is food that is divine. It is food that on the exterior may look beautiful or not beautiful, have a good taste or not taste good but it is divine food, as it comes from the heart that has been generous. So what arises is divine, because it is in the heart. And then Brahma, gods, they have the happiness of a Brahma, that is, they have the mind that is still and peaceful, 
and they are nourished by piti, rapture. See, the Brahmas can live because of rapture. If there is no rapture nourishing them any more, then the Brahma must move on. For Brahmas, they don't say they die or fall. If devas finish their merit, they call it juti, to fall. But for Brahmas, they will move on from jhana, mental absorptions. They may go down to be a dewa or a human, but due to the resulting benefit of jhana, they won't drop down to the hell realm. From Brahmas, they do not go to the hell realm, they will be a dewa or a human. As for the dewas who have done a lot of merit, there is a chance to fall and go be a human first. But if they have done little merit, then it's risky as well that they will go down lower than a human. Like the resulting benefit for a human having made some merit and it unintentionally fruits first, leading them to be born as a dewa first. So the results of merit are gained first and the bad karma is received later. So each person wants to gain their wishes. Like humans who die want to have happiness in the Dewa realm. Or those who practice the Dhamma want to have Jhana, to have Samadhi, so that they can arise as a Brahma and have rapture nourish them. So this happiness grows in levels. But Dewas, they still have suffering. What suffering? The goodness that they have done already will give them radiance in their hearts. But this radiance differs. There is comparing with other dewas as well. Like for humans, they compare themselves and are competitive on who has more merit and spiritual development in this world, or being ranked in wealth in terms of the country or the world. This is ranked in terms of the exterior, not on the interior. No one is able to rank on the inside because they aren't able to know which person has more happiness. The people who do not have much wealth have just enough to eat and live, have a small house, but they can find happiness. While someone who has a big house can be all troubled, they can't find someone to look after their house and have to clean it themselves. Is it happiness or suffering? This is an example. So a person who is happy, it is happiness in the heart. If they have contentment, it is up to one's wisdom. They are satisfied with little, contented, and are okay with whatever they have or can get. So we can see that happiness differs. For dewas, they have radiance arise because of goodness. If other dewas who have more parami come, the lesser dewas need to back off. They retreat away. In the life of the Buddha, there was once when the Buddha chanted their paritas to protect one young child from danger. The Sangha of many Arahant monks came in great number, and multitudes of Dewas came. Those Dewas who had less radiance had to retreat back. This is an example. Or, there are the Dewas who make merit outside of the Buddha Sasana dispensation, who also have radiance. But the Dewas who make merit inside the boundaries of the Buddha Sasana have greater radiance. They have offered before a Buddha statue they have given homage to a Sama Sambuddha. Then they will have a radiance that is brighter and more beautiful. The Dewas that have less radiance feel belittled in their own merit and spiritual development. So this is compared in terms of radiance, 
or in terms of divineness. And this comparison is also in terms of the greater or lesser amounts of happiness. In terms of Brahmas, it is relative to their power of jhana and special knowledges. The one who has more, has more Bharami. This is about qualities on the mental level. So humans aspire for the highest. But even to progress in the highest levels of jhana, to rupa jhana, arupa jhana, which is the mind growing in levels of stillness, peacefulness, refinement and profoundness, having no thoughts or proliferation, but the enjoyment of the vimuti sukha, the bliss of liberation of the sama sambuddha, was even more refined than that, and nothing could be compared to it. There is no type of happiness greater than this. It is the highest, higher in all happiness on the worldly level. It is Lokutara, beyond the world, and it is the bliss of liberation, which gave a supreme, incomparable power of the Buddha. We call this Vimuti Sukha. So the Buddha had attained enlightenment, and the Buddha's mind was pure and liberated. Here the Buddha sat in meditation, enjoyed the bliss of liberation in the first week, and sat under the Mahabodhi tree. The tree that the Buddha attained enlightenment under is called the Mahabodhi. The Buddha used the time to contemplate over the Paticca Samuppada Dhamma, dependent origination. He contemplated it back and forth. That avijja, ignorance, was the condition for sankhara, karmic formations, and vijnana, consciousness, to arise. Then there is suffering arising. And then it goes back. The Buddha contemplated vijja, the knowledge that he knew already that can give freedom from suffering. The Buddha went over this for seven days and seven nights. So who can sit like this? We sit one hour and it's already difficult. The Buddha sat for seven days and seven nights. He didn't eat food. The Buddha survived on piti, inner fullness. In the second week, the Buddha went to the northeast of the Mahabodhi tree. He stood and stared at the Mahabodhi tree without blinking. His eyes did not blink. We can try to see how long we can go without blinking our eyes. Our eyes would go dry. We would have problems with our eyes. The Buddha could enter Vimuti Sukha for seven days and seven nights without blinking, and stood and stared at the Mahabodhi tree, the place where the Buddha had attained enlightenment. This place we call the Animisa Chetia. In the present day, those who go to India will see this place. In the third week, the Buddha walked meditation, walking between the Mahabodhi tree and the Animisa Chetia. It says he walked meditation for seven days and seven nights. The Buddha had great energy and power. The Buddha's mind that had purity and Vimuti Sukha, of which there was no happiness greater. In the fourth week, the Buddha sat meditation to contemplate the higher Dhamma that we call the Abhidhamma. This place was located to the northwest of the Mahabodhi tree. He contemplated the Abhidhamma, the higher Dhamma, for seven days, and we call this place the Ratanagara Chetia. In the fifth week, the Buddha went to the Banyan tree that we call the Ajapala Nigroda, which translates as the Banyan tree where the child herds the goat around that area. The Buddha sat meditation for seven days. 
there was a Brahmin asking about how a Brahmin should be. The Buddha said that the Brahmin was in the mind of the one who had given up evil, made merit, and purified the mind. This was one who was called a Brahmin. One was not a Brahmin because of learning the Vedas. It had to arise from the practice of mind to purity and liberation. In the sixth week, the Buddha went to the southeast to enjoy Vimuti Sukha under the Muchalinda tree for another seven days. Here it rained and stormed, as we have likely heard of before, and the Naga king serpent came and coiled around the Buddha. It spread out its hood to protect the Buddha against the rain. Here the Buddha uttered a speech that praised tranquility and freedom from ill will, which is happiness in the world. Tranquility and freedom from ill will is happiness in the world. One who wants tranquility and sits meditation like we do today, we learn samadhi and make merit, we sit and are tranquil and restrained, this is happiness. We see that there is a happiness from discussing and receiving information and news, but it makes us become even more stirred up. That country goes to war and kills, that country has a bad economy, that country has prosperity, and all the various information about things of merit and evil. But we are all stirred up and not peaceful. We have a sense of self, we have a me and them, instead of each country having metta, goodwill, and concern for each other. Like seeing in that country are our relatives who have gone to stay there. In our country are our relatives, so we have just brothers and sisters, and then no one will go fight another country, because they are relatives together. They do not have ill will for each other. They build goodness. They build merit and goodness. So non-ill will is happiness in this world. Not doing bad in actions and in speech. This is called having sila. Then we have happiness already. And what is left are the thoughts of ill will and harm in the mind. But we must practice samadhi. Then we can give up anger and ill will. So the Buddha said non-ill will, or being quiet and peaceful, is a lot of happiness in this world. But for humans, just staying on the level of sila dhamma is hard already. So on the seventh week, the Buddha moved from the Muchalinda tree to go stay under the Rajayatana tree to enjoy Vimuti Sukha for another seven days. The Buddha met the merchants Tapusa and Balika who were walking from Burma, which back then was called the town of Ukala. The pair were impressed, and so they offered rice and honey balls to the Buddha, which were supplies for travel and they proclaimed themselves as the first pair of male lay disciples in the Buddha Sasana. The Buddha stayed here in Vimuti Sukha for seven days, and then went back to the Ajapala Nigroda tree. And the Buddha thought that the Dhamma that he had attained to was difficult for people to understand. But when the Buddha contemplated it, he saw that there were four types of people, the ones who would know quickly, the ones who could understand, they were like the lotus that had bloomed. They would know quickly. Then there was the lotus that is about to bloom, that is on the level of the water, that will bloom tomorrow, or the one that needs to go over and memorize the teachings, 
but they are like the lotus that is close to coming out of the water, and so they are able to know the Dhamma as well. But the ones who are below the water, as we know, are Pada Parama, they can't know the Dhamma. So this was the enjoying of Vimuti Sukha of the Samma Sambuddha, with a heart that was purified. So the Dhamma on this occasion is about the happiness of us people, and there is no happiness more than the Vimuti Sukha of the Buddha. There is no individual like this in the three realms of existence. So may we give homage to the virtues of the Buddha in the great virtue of purity, and then we will have a heart that is pure following the Buddha bit by bit. We give homage, and then we practice following the foundations of the Noble Eightfold Path. Then we will see the Dhamma, and we can attain to the Dhamma. So may you all take it to practice, following the teachings of the Buddha. Practicing it appropriately, then we will have the results of happiness in our life, in our family, and this will give benefits to our country and nation. Or if all of us in this world practice this a lot, then this world will be peaceful and happy. And this is from seeing that happiness in the world comes from not having ill will towards each other. May you grow in blessings.